Welcome to Becoming Your Greatest Possible Self. I am Chris Burns, America's number one motivational speaker for fiery inspiration and GPS coach for entrepreneurs and high achievers. Each episode, we interview leaders and great role models who make a massive impact in the world to help you master yourself, take courageous action, and make every day your best day ever. Ladies and gentlemen, Paula Slater is about to come on and talk about how you can really choose happiness in spite of whatever might be going on, whatever circumstances, whatever difficulties. If you've been finding it difficult for yourself to choose happiness and to really embody that and live that, stick around. This is the interview for you. Before we dive in, I want to say thank you for being here, for choosing to be and become your greatest possible self. Remember, that is a choice too. It is a choice to see that you are doing your best every single day, showing up, taking one step at a time. So I see you and I acknowledge you. It's, that's how we achieve anything, one step at a time. Now, I'm going to share our iTunes review of the week. This week, it's by P. Cully, I believe. And P. Cully says, great podcast, informative and educational. Love the energy and the effort that goes into this marathon. Tune in and see what I am talking about. P. Coley, thank you so much for that review. If you want a chance to get shouted out on a future 12-hour live stream, go to BOGPS.com forward slash iTunes or search Greatest Possible Self on the Apple Podcast Store. Leave us a review. Let us know what you love, what you want to see more of, how we can improve the show for you. Thank you in advance for doing that. Hit that subscribe button while you're there so you can get all the latest and greatest of GPS, Greatest Possible Self. I'm going to introduce Paula in just a sec. Before that, grab a piece of paper, grab a pen, be ready to take notes, and make sure you stick around all the way through to the end, because one idea has the power to change everything for you. My guest today is Paula Slater, who is not just a survivor, but a thriver. She navigated her own way through every challenge that life laid before her through her sheer determination to live life to its fullest in order to reach her greatest personal potential. Now. We're going to dive into this woman's journey and everything that she's accomplished. But before that, Paula, I just want to check with you. Are you ready? Are you ready to burn it up in here? Are you ready to turn up the heat? <laughs> yes. Awesome. We are live. We are live and become your greatest possible self, Paula. Thank you for being here, for choosing to be your GPS with us and share about your journey. I know it's going to be a powerful interview just as our, our pre-interview call was and I'm just I'm honored that you're here and to to be a conduit for your your message your story and your journey so thank you for being here thank you just the fact that we had a few technical difficulties that I overcame immediately I'm so happy and proud <laughs> I love it unstoppable unstoppable <laughs> That's you, it. you are you are. So let's dive right into the theme of today. It is home is blank. What does home mean to you, Paula? Home means surrounding myself by people that I love and care about who return that same love to me. Because mm. wow. if home is where the heart is, then home is where anywhere that people love me and care mm. about. Mm. I feel it. I feel it, Paula. Tell us a little bit more about how you're standing for happiness and, and helping people choose that in empowering them to, to own their new life, to, to create a new life, whatever it is they want to be, do, and have. Tell us a little bit more about how you're serving people today. You know, 
We're not always born into a situation that is the perfect, optimal situation. But the thing we have the power over is our choices. So if you're a person who's come from a background that isn't exactly 100% perfect, you can break the cycle by making different choices and learning from the things that you didn't like. I didn't have the best parents in the world, but I decided when I was a parent myself that I would just make different choices and do the opposite. The one thing I learned was what I didn't want to do. Mm. And those are still choices. You can choose to follow that road or not. Yeah. But that's what's so empowering. Empowering. You can realize your full potential if you just focus on your skills, talents, and what you're really good at. Yeah. Mm. And that's what I encourage people to do by choosing to live in community with others. You learn from other people. You don't have to learn only from your family, your immediate family. In my personal case, God sent me wonderful people to learn from. And it was such a blessing. Hmm. I saw it as a blessing. Yeah, or I, I could have I could have chosen just see it as circumstance, but to me it was blessing because there I have a gratitude attitude and I'm grateful for all those things. Mm, I love it. And I think that's that's so important is to choose how do we see it? How do we interpret it? What's the story around it, you know? Um for me growing up, I, I want to I speak to this. For me growing up, my mom was this angelic, you know, always totally peaceful, zen, kind, loving woman, you know, like the, like the embodiment of, a, of a, a nurturing mother who just like unconditionally loves. Like, I'm so grateful for her. And I saw my dad and I love my dad. He's, he's a tough guy. He's a, he's like a warrior. And sometimes he would lose his temper, right? And not, not in a bad or abusive way, but he would lose his temper. And that made me afraid of the masculine. That made me afraid of that, that power, that energy. And for a long time, I wasn't choosing to, to embrace masculine. I wasn't choosing to embrace um, brothers and, and men in my life. And so I found the feminine was, was comfortable. So really re-choosing how I, how I see the masculine and feminine energy, my upbringing, my parents, things like that has been such a profound aspect of my journey. So I can only imagine for you, you know, like there were some difficult times, different and, and difficult people placed in your environment, your circumstances, your upbringing, but it's like, how do you choose to deal with it? How do you, how do you show up um, even with circumstances other than absolutely perfect, how you would have chosen them? We all have the choice to either be a victim or be mm. proactive and do the best we can and reach our full potential. Yeah. That's something no one can ever steal from you. Mm. Now, you wouldn't let someone come in your house and steal your TV. But why would you let them come into your life and steal your joy? Oof. Wow. Paula, this is, this is powerful. I want to go back to your upbringing and let's talk about, you know, where did your your commitment to serving others, to inspiring others, to solving problems and leading others to choose this happy way, happier way of life. Like, where did that get instilled into you? Well, first of all, I went to Catholic school my whole life for 12 years. Mm. And I was taught that God loves you. Yeah. I may not have yeah. believed in the ritual of the things they taught us, but I knew that God loved me. Yeah. And I always saw my life as being part of the God family. So if my own family wasn't perfect, I knew I had another family. Mm-hmm. And that's why I believe so much in living in community, mm-hmm. because I think there's a creator of all things. And that's, it doesn't matter what rituals you follow as a faith. 
it matters that there is one creator of all things and he is our heavenly father. So I always believe that he would show me the way and provide. Yeah. So if you can't count on your own family to take care of you, you can count on the Lord to take care of you. Mm-hmm. And that is my firm belief. That's so, what's got me through so many things. So with, with God being the provider, you know, protecting you, how did that shape you actually stepping into your power to lead and to influence others? Well, here's what I think. The challenges are not necessarily there to punish you, but they're there to teach you. And we're here to learn the journey of how to become loving as one family, because how can you have a perfect place in heaven if you haven't learned how to be a good family member Mm. and live in peace with others? My life here is a training ground. So Mm. if I don't fulfill my purpose, God's got a bigger plan that I know about. Mm. He's on the top floor and I'm on the ground floor. I can't see way down the road. I know that whatever happens to me is for a reason Mm -hmm. and that if I don't learn from it, I haven't done my part Mm -hmm. because like any good parent, he says, well, you do your, your work and then I'll help you along. Mm -hmm. He's not going to come rescue me. I've got to do my part. I've got to be personally responsible for my circumstances. And that's what I say to choose happiness. Mm -hmm. You can focus on what you don't have, or you can focus on what you do have. Yeah. Well, you've you've lived a lot of life, Paula, and there's a lot of life left in you to keep living and stay in joy and stay in possibility and creating your reality. Like, tell us a little bit more about some of those years between birth and where you're at now, because you have you have so much wisdom to be able to share with our audience. Tell us some more stories and and what what had you like really shape your perspective to want to contribute to other people. Well, when I was 10 years old, I was diagnosed with type one diabetes. And I didn't have the kind of family that was really into it being a family disease, which is it is. The entire family should be living healthy, but they did not handle it that way. They just said, here you go. Good luck. We're going to send you to this hospital and they're going to do what you need to know. So right from the right age of 10, I knew it was up to me to to live my own life. I was pretty much on my own. I'm grateful that God blessed me with a very bright, quick mind that I could process through that information. I just made it my own personal decision to take care of my health. And I found that as I helped other people navigate their way, it was Mm -hmm. a benefit to me. So, for example, I decided to volunteer at the hospital when I was young Mm -hmm. in the diabetes year Mm because I knew I had to learn. So the volunteering was a good thing for me. And I realized you don't just volunteer for other people. You volunteer for yourself because you get so much back from that. That met my need, and it taught me that volunteerism and living in community with others where everybody benefits, everyone wins. Mm. It becomes much less about just you. It becomes being a team player. Yeah. And mm. I guess that's really my message to anybody listening to this is, look, do what you're supposed to do and act like one family, and we'll all have heaven on earth because we could live in peace right now if it wasn't. Why do you, you know, do you, like they say in marriage, do you want to be right or do you want to be happy? Yep. <laughs> what is so great about being right? Yep. Yeah. I choose being happy over being right. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's, that's so powerful. It's like the humility to, to listen, to learn, to be in harmony with others, to, to like really, I also love what you, sh- you shared about volunteering and how 
I think that there's different reasons why people get into volunteering, but ultimately it's like there's such a big win on both sides, both for the people who we are volunteering for and the community that, that we're part of serving there, like the hospital for you, for example, uh, and also such a big win personally. It's it's like when we really truly give and practice that giving, with, and some people might go in with an agenda, but I think over time just doing it in itself would create so much fulfillment and create so much you know, joy and, and reward just from doing it. It's really true. You feel, you get this sense of self and maybe that's for me what home is when you're mm -hmm. comfortable in your own skin and you have, and you can be proud of yourself for the person you are because you're a good person mm -hmm. and people sense that about you. Mm -hmm. I don't want to ever have to, beg for friends i've yeah. never had to do that my whole life people meet me and they say this is somebody i want to be friends with and i want everything in my life to be organic mm -hmm. natural genuine not fake and surface mm -hmm. anybody who ever talks to me knows they're going to get down to the heart and soul of the matter mm -hmm. i'm not a hey how's the weather today kind of gal <laughs> that's so surface right yeah. i want i guess are you happy what can yeah. we do to make you happier wow so what 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 does it really take to create happiness to like have people shift from maybe taking a look at, at their life and seeing that there's room for growth there's room for improvement there's room that they could be more fulfilled and living a, a truer happier life I think number one it takes you it takes honesty with your own self to to know who you are and what really makes brings you joy hmm. we're we're all so busy working all the time we don't slow down enough to say wow, what did I learn from that situation? And I think that when you give yourself the luxury of really, you know, God's voice is a very quiet voice, but I learned to meditate every day and sit in the sun and really feel like he was talking to me and telling me what the next step was. I think one of the dark side's techniques is to keep us so busy that we never can even hear God's voice yeah. and we do this ourselves with a lot with technology I know we're on technology right now which could be a blessing in many ways but we're so busy with technology that we never sit quietly anymore in nature and just listen to the birds we're missing the the fast life is so overwhelming I really believe when you slow down a little bit hey when I was in the hospital for six months I had nothing to do but think wow and it's a, it was a gift because when God wants to slow you down, he's going to find a way to slow you down. Now I only have half a body to use because my left hand and left leg don't work. Hmm. So it takes me twice as long to do everything with half a body. Mm -hmm. And I don't see that as a punishment. I realize it was just one of God's techniques to slow me down and really enjoy life. Hmm. Now I have a responsibility to share my time, talent, treasures with the world. That's what he calls me to do. And that's mm. why I choose to be a public speaker and get the message out to people. I may never talk to 50,000 people at a time at the same time, but mm. I will talk to 50,000 people one at a time if I have to with my message. Yeah. Because yeah. a little bit of change makes a big difference. Well, I'm curious, what when you were younger, what skills did you want to, and you're full of youth now, you're full of joy, you're full of aliveness, it's beautiful, and you're radiant, I love it. 
and what what skills what what did you want to develop like who did you want to become when you were younger well i really wanted to be a journalist and a writer mm. that was my first goal okay unfortunately my oldest brother asked me when i was 18 years old what do you want to be what do you want to go to college for and i said well i want to go to school for journalism and he said you'll never make it Oof. but he was like 16 years older than me at the time he had no right to ever tell me that. Wow. And as the years passed, I thought, what the heck? <laughs> do I listen to that message, to that noise, or do I go deep inside myself and figure out what I really want to do? Mm. Like I said, you don't have to let anybody steal your joy. That was one person's opinion. And, you know, he had never read a single thing I wrote. Mm. He had no basis. That was a lie. He didn't know if I would make a great journalist. And I think that the best revenge is success and happiness. Mm. So someday when I'm up on a stage, he's going to have to eat some crow and I'll pass him the salt. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Um, so journaling, journalism, that was a, a big, big why or possibility, a career, a lifestyle for you. What did you want to do? Who did you want to impact with, with being a journalist? Well, because I'm a person who really values honesty, mm -hmm. I wanted to be able to report things from a human standpoint, mm -hmm. not only negative, but to give the real story and to make a difference in people's lives that mattered. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, I went to school for travel and tourism because it seemed like the only option at the time. I, my dreams had been dashed by this person that I thought was so uh, knowledgeable, who really wasn't. But because he was my oldest brother, I listened to that. But life taught me that you don't have to listen to every single word that people tell you. You can be your own person. Mm. And opinions are like bundles. Everybody's got one, but sometimes they stink, you know? <laughs> I love it. I love it, Paula. I want to talk about how your career evolved because you went to school for uh, travel and um, what, how, like, tell us about that evolution. What did you learn there? What did you experience there? Well, my first job was at a, a Jewish resort in the Catskills, and I learned wonderful customer service skills there. Mm. They had very high demands, mm. and um, it was a great training ground for customer service. Then I decided to move to Las Vegas in 1992 because mm -hmm. there was such great tourism here, mm -hmm. where again, I learned a lot more about customer service and tourism. That led me to being a professional event planner eventually, which I love doing because I love people and I love to see them having a good time. It allowed me to use my imagination to create wonderful parties and mm -hmm. it was a fabulous career that I made good money at. I, I did well in in Las Vegas because real estate was just booming, you know, when I moved here, mm -hmm. that's where I made the majority of my money. Mm -hmm. So I enjoyed my job. I was a single mother and my son was my sole priority. Everything I did was about raising my son who just turned 32 yesterday. Wow. Wow. That's Went awesome. by fast. Yeah. What, what are you most proud of about your son and who he's being today? I'm proud that he tells me, um, don't worry about my inheritance, Mom. Last breath, last nickel. You just have a good time living while you're alive. Because mm. I've got my inheritance from you. You taught me how to build relationships, build wealth, and be a good person. That's all I need to have from you. 
And now he's parenting me. He's saying, Kermit, that's the return on the investment you make when you make motherhood your priority. I think being a mother is is the most important job in the world. Because if we want a future, we have to build our our next generation up to be strong individuals. So if I can influence other women to make the right, you know, happy parents, happy people propagate happy children. Yep. So you lead by example and you're a happy person. You're affecting years to come. That's your legacy to the world. When you have children that are going to be great adults, that's how to change things in the next generation. We might not be alive to see it, but you have to trust that when you do the right thing, it's going to work out. That's where my faith comes in. That's that's beautiful. I'm curious on your thoughts on um, people who aspire to change the world. Let's say like Elon Musk, right? Who may not be, and I don't know how much you know or don't know. I don't know a whole, whole lot about Elon Musk, but I know he's out to change the world and impact humanity in a big way. Um, And also, I think he's had some challenges like being there for his family because he's been so committed to his career. What's your opinion or thoughts on raising kids and a career, especially for people like me and a lot of people who are tuning in who want to make a big impact in the world? How do we how do we do that dance? I think there's balance in life is a very hard thing to obtain. But when you have work life balance, you have to remember the big picture thinking is about having your your children see you doing making the right choice. When they see being in balance and prioritizing. Now, I'm not going to lie to you. When my son was a teenager, he said I was the meanest mother in the world. And I said, look, I have one job to do. God gave me a child and gave me your raise. There's a million people for you to have as friends. I, my job is not to be your friend. My job is to be your parent, to teach you to be a functioning, healthy adult person. Yeah. And I'm going to do that job and I'm going to take it seriously. So you don't have to like it. But then he turned 25 and he said, you're the best mother in the world. I'm going to raise yeah. my kids you raised me that was a huge win for me wow and he's a great healthy adult male Hmm. what what business and doing well tell us a little bit more about the like tactical things or practical things that you did to raise a great son i respected him and gave him the power to decide Hmm. and he knew he got self-confidence because if i gave him choices he had to live with them yeah I didn't make excuses for him. When he was younger, I would say to him, now the the law is you can't drink until you're 21. If you break the law and you get arrested, I'm not going to come bail you out. You're going to sit there and rot in jail. Wow. And I was pretty tough on him. Dang. I thought he, he they need to feel the sting of their own mistakes. Wow. If you keep bailing your children out, all they think is, oh, the world is going to rescue me. And I wow. can keep screwing up because there'll be somebody to come rescue me. And that rescue me attitude makes a person lazy. They don't have to do the work to get ahead. And I think that was a real blessing on my part that I never rescued him. He would tell me, mom, I keep money in my drawer secret in case I get in trouble because I know you're not going to come bail me out. So my friends know where to get the cash so that they can bail me out of jail if I ever go to jail. (laughs) He said, good, good. If he had to make, if he wanted 20, when he was younger, he said to me, can I have $20 to go wherever he wanted to go? And I said, yes, you can. When we have $20 and I don't have to spend on anything else, you can have it. He goes, oh, come on. You must have $20. 
I said, well, here, son, here's the spreadsheet. It's the budget. What would you like me to cancel? Would you like me to cancel cable? That's $50 a month. And he said, no, we need cable. I said, all right, pick from these categories. What would you like to go without? So we can give you $20. He said, we can't afford this $20. There's nothing on here we can go without. I said, I'm not lying to you. We don't have the money. I'm a single mother. And I, so I gave him, I put the oneness on him yeah. and said, you pick what you want to go without because you can't have it all. Wow. Life is about a series of choices. So choose what you want wow. and choose which way you're going to go. Mm. And that's exactly what he did. He sacrificed to own his own. He's 32 years old, owns his own condo, fully paid off at 32. Wow. He's done very well financially. I'm very proud of him. That's amazing. It's amazing. I'm I'm curious what what at what phase or age do you feel it's it's like to, to have those financial conversations with with your our children? I think it's never too early. Even mm -hmm. as a young child, if we were in a store and he would say, I want this thing, I'd say, Okay, did you bring your money? Mm. Because you have to, you know, even at five years old, they have to understand everything costs something. Yeah. I am not, I'm not putting cash in the back room. Mm. Mm. I go to work every day to make a certain amount of money. And that is allotted to the things you need. If you have food, clothing, and shelter, you should have enough. And when I ask people that question as a personal survey, I say, how much money is enough money? They always say, well, it depends. And I say, what does it depend on? If you have food, clothing, and shelter, is that enough? Mm. Because that's where the gratitude attitude comes in. I'm grateful for what I have. I don't have to have everything to be happy. Yeah. That is not the measure of happiness. Relationships and people in your life are the measure, of, in my opinion, are the measure of happiness. That's why, to me, community is being at home. Mm. I think a lot of people have relationships that they might be, I'll, I'll speak for myself, there's relationships in my life that I might sometimes take for granted and might not necessarily nurture to the degree that I could because I'm so busy. What would you recommend to someone like me? Well, let me assure you, the time to build relationships is not when you're in crisis. You know, when you're having mm -hmm. a stroke, you don't say, gee, I wish I would have made more friends because now you've got to turn to your friends for help when you can't put your own pants up. Mm -hmm. And they better be pretty good friends. Mm -hmm. I think the choices we make and the people we surround ourselves with are huge choices. We can choose to be around toxic people or we can choose to have healthy relationships. Mm. And it's about personal boundaries and knowing yourself and knowing the kind of people you want to be surrounded with. We tend to, I do anyway, tend to gravitate to the kind of people I want to become. Yep. I read an article once that said I was dieting and it said, if you have a friend who's got a great figure and you want to look like her, order what she orders at the <laughs> restaurant. You know, just say, I'll have what she's having, you know, like the old movie, right? <laughs> yes. That's so true. You have to emulate people that are living by example. Yeah. That's why leadership is so important to lead by example. We should mm. not be following somebody who's not living it. That's not genuine. And I wouldn't expect anyone to take my advice that I, that I wasn't living it myself. Mm. But when people, if you look at my life and say, is Paula happy? Anybody who knows me personally will say, Paula is a happy person. Every day she gets up and as long as she's on this side of the dirt, she's got another chance. And that's what's about having gratitude.
and you're grateful for another chance. As long as you don't die from it, keep trying. Never give mm. up. And that's that's something I wanted to dive into with this the stroke that you had. I think a lot of people would be, you know, like angry and resentful and why me? How did you how did you not succumb to that? How did you not end up a victim? How did you create gratitude in in those cir- circumstances? There were dark days, I won't lie to you, but you overcome those. Yeah. And if you start your day by saying, okay, I'm not a sum of my parts. Hmm. My body is just the packaging that my heart and soul come in. And this is what I share with my stroke patients now when I visit them at the hospital. Most people feel that way. They feel, oh, what good am I now? I can't use my left arm. And I explain to them, you still have gifts to share with the world. You might not be able to make your husband a sandwich anymore, but you can sit on the couch with him. You can laugh with him and have a conversation with him and have sympathy for him. And you can still be a benefit to your friends and family. I still have something to offer this world. I can't offer them help with my left hand, but I can with my brain. As long as I have speech, God knew not to take my speech. There's a reason I did lose my speech. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I can't ballroom dance, but I never did anyway. That's okay. I also never was a good singer, so don't feel bad. <laughs> I love it. I love it, Paula. Uh, I want to talk about the the clarity that you got on your purpose in life and sharing your gifts. Tell us about the contrast that you experienced before and after the stroke on your clarity. Well, I'll tell you, it was a very organic thing. In the beginning, I didn't know where I was going to fit in. But I thought to myself, most people, what are my time, talent, treasures? I knew that communication was a very high skill set that I had, both verbal and written. That's what led me to start my website, newlifenowlv.com, to help people that have major illnesses or disabilities to get out of their own way and have choose happiness. So I felt that I had a responsibility to share the solutions that I had found for myself with the world to save them time, money, and frustration. Mm. Because not everybody has the time. I was financially able to go without going to work every day. So what do you do with your time, talent, treasures in the community world? And how do you help others? We're back to volunteering. You know, I never made a huge amount of money on my website. That wasn't the purpose of it. It was more of a, it was more of a labor of love, really. Yeah. And people often said to me, including my son, Mom, if you're not going to make money at this, why are you doing it? And I said, because I have a message to bring to the world. Mm. And it's about helping people. Yeah. And I, my goal is that that website and the stories that I write will help people. They're basically just stories. My blogs are a series of stories of challenges that I came up against, how I solved the problem. My tagline is hashtag PS problem solved because my name is Paula Slater, so it works, you know. <laughs> Get it, PS? Yes. <laughs> I, I I, I'm all about solving the problem. Do you want the problem more than the solution? If, yep. you, if so, then that's up to you. Go ahead and deal with the problem. If all you want to do is complain, mm. then you're not a person I want to be around. Mm. Mm. I heard it. I, I was going to say, I heard a, an interview with. Kathy, 
Kathy Heller, I think, and Kathy Heller and um, Ian Lopin, I think, who started Spiritual Gangster Clothing, and uh, he said one of the most fulfilling things for him was um, teaching Tai Chi to older older um, people in like a retirement home or something like that. I'm curious um, for you, like, how do you recommend people get involved in volunteering, and like, where should they volunteer? What are the best places? How how do they know? where to contribute their time and energy the best? When you have a, a cause that's near and dear to your heart, or you have a person that you want to be an advocate for, in my case, it was diabetes. It started with diabetes because I had a, a situation that I was, I wanted to raise money for the new juvenile diabetes foundation. Mm. So I got involved in going on walks and raising money for that cause because it affected my personal life. But I also knew a lot of people that were diabetic because I met them in my journey. Yeah. So I knew it was going to benefit more than just me. I felt that being that it was a hereditary disease, there was chances that my family members could at some point. The best thing was to find a cure for this. Now, of course, I have a nephew that's a type 1 diabetic. And I'm plugging for all the technology that's coming out. I participate in studies all the time yeah. because if there's going to be a cure, I want to help it along. You have, you cannot expect results from not participating. Mm. You don't say to yourself, somebody else will do it. Nope. You roll your sleeves up, get in there and, and get involved. There's a commitment involved. Mm. But if you wait on the sidelines, 80% of success is showing up and participating. Yep. What is, isn't it Wayne Gretzky that says you'll miss a hundred percent of the shots you never take. Yep. You only guarantee in life. Mm. You'll fail if you don't try. Not trying was just not an option for me. And at this phase, why why did you choose blogging as your vehicle to serve and reach people? Well, as a professional event planner, when I would hire professional speakers, they needed to have some kind of a website, someplace that I could go to see who they really were. Yeah. People hire others when they know, like, and they do business with people they know, like, and trust. So you have to have a, a forum for people to get to know who you really are mm. and respect you because they're going to hire somebody who is living it, mm. who's going to get up there and genuinely talk about how it, what it takes to win. You can't get up in front of an audience and say, do as I say, but not as I do. Mm. So I needed a forum that was going to eventually propel me into the speaking world. It legitimizes you. You have a following. You have a place to go from a marketing standpoint to announce where you're going to be. This is why social media, as you know, is so powerful. Yeah. You build relationships. They don't have to be face-to-face. But, you know, the person that referred me to be on your show is a person I met on social media yeah. who has become a very good friend, in my opinion. Mm. And I trust her, her judgment. So if she says this is somebody you need to meet. I believe that's true. And that's how social media works. Mm. Yes, you have to be careful. It's true. And you have to have great discernment in all that you do. Yeah. Mm. But it was a big benefit to me. Yeah. Yeah. I want to talk about strengthening our faith and what we could do to connect more with that. What would you recommend around strengthening our faith, Paul? I believe that meditate that faith is a very personal issue and when you 
change your perspective and you start to look at the things that are laid before you as opportunities instead of punishment, mm-hmm. or you go into nature and you start to think about how did we get here? How is this so I will never believe it was just two atoms smashing in space that created the world. It's, it's just too intense. Everything is a domino effect. We're, we're interconnected in such a way that it would be impossible for me to believe there wasn't a plan. Mm. Some greater purpose. And when you start to study different I went through a time in my life when I went, I did a lot of church hopping because I thought, well, who's to say my way is the only way I Mm. will be open to other people's ideas and I will process through that. Then I'll cherry pick the things that make sense to me. And like I said, I went to Catholic school. That didn't necessarily make sense to me that Mm. there wasn't a direct connection. You were supposed to, when I went to Catholic school, the way it was, you went and listened to a past, a priest tell you, Reinterpret the Bible. When I left Catholic school and went to a non-denominational Christian church, it was a Bible church. Hmm. So I started to read the Bible for myself, which is really the manual for life. Yeah. Well, if you, you're not going to know how to use the equipment if you don't read the manual. You know, <laughs> RTFM, right? And nobody wants to read the manual. It's right there. The instruction book on how to live and be is right there. It answers all your questions. But you have to dive into it and really research it. You know, I would never take a medication just because my doctor said to. I get on the internet, I look at that medication. I want to know if it's going to cause me to have explosive diarrhea in three months. <laughs> this is what the label says. Sometimes I think I, I don't need to lay down in a field of flowers if it's going to cause me to have some sexual side effects down the road. Okay, <laughs> That's my responsibility. Who wants to take it if it's going to cause that? Be responsible. Yeah. And look at this stuff and decide for yourself because if you have a good brain, you should be able to read these things and make better decisions yeah. because habits predict our future. Yeah. When you talk- do the right thing today, you don't have to worry down the road. Yeah. I want to talk about reading the Bible because it's a new, newer phase for my life. I grew up in um, going to churches, church every weekend from, I don't know, 8 to 13 or something like that. And then I, 14, something like that. And then I uh, said, I don't need God. I don't believe in God. I don't, I don't, you know, I don't need love, parents. I don't need you. I'm going to do my own thing. I'm my own man. When deep down inside, I'm hurting, you know, and just really um, insecure about a lot of things. And so it's been a journey for me to come back to a place of accepting and welcoming and embracing spirituality in my life. And at the beginning of this year, I started reading the Bible. And um, I'm just curious, like, what what would you recommend for someone who's going through it the first time, um, reading it, so to speak? Like, what would you recommend to look for, mindset to have, how to how to best and most resourcefully integrate what's in the Bible? I'm a person who learns best through stories. So my yeah. favorite parts of the, of the Bible were the parables. Yeah. And I found that reading the old-fashioned Bible, the J- King James Version, was too hard for me. Yeah. So I bought the message because it was much more in current English. Yeah. And when I joined a Bible study with other women that were older Christians than me, that could interpret some of these things mm-hmm. who I respected. It's yeah. important to be part of a group of people who you really respect, who you see, like I said before, living it every day. Yep. 
it helps you to avoid cults by being around people that you see are successful at the way they're living. Hmm. I would never get involved in a group of people. You know, if I met a homeless person on the street who said, let me give you some financial advice. I'd be like, mm, yeah, I don't think so. But thanks. Nope. Have a good day. <laughs> right? Would you do that? Who would you follow the person who doesn't have a successful life? Nope. So it makes sense to go to people who are going to interpret things, people that you respect who are going to interpret things in a way that you trust their, their thinking process. Yep. That's great. It's great wisdom. I love it. It's, it. And it's like common sense. It's like if you just take a second and think about it, of course it makes sense. But then how many people are in, enforcing their boundaries and, and their what they allow into their life and what they, what they tr- choose to be influenced by? I think that's a place a lot of people are just lax about. They're, they're not, not fully engaged and fully protective of their space and their environment and their peace and their soul and their being and that kind of thing well one of my favorite writers is Gretchen Rubin who wrote the happiness project that mm. was really what kicked off my whole search for happiness I read her book called the happiness project and she breaks it down into very small steps that you do once for for 30 days until they become part of your habits mm. something as simple as getting up in the morning and making your bed yep. because Outer peace brings inner peace. Mm -hmm. When you're organized and have an infrastructure in place, when tragedy comes, you're ready for it. You prepare for the worst, but hope for the best. So there's infrastructure is a big deal. And when you read the Bible, you become spiritual and faithful. Then when tragedy strikes, you're not terrified. Mm -hmm. See, I'm not afraid of dying because I've lived a good life. And much of what we do, we do where we think nobody on their deathbed says, gee, I wish I would have worked more. I wish I had another car. They say, I wish I would have spent more quality time with the people I love. Mm. Now they're afraid because they have regret. Regret Mm. is a terrible thing to live with. I don't have regrets. If you do the best you can every day, you have nothing to regret. Yeah. Plus, when we make mistakes in the past and I think some people look at that and have those regrets, which it's, I think it's a natural conditioning for a lot of people to build up. It's like, that is the opportunity to go back there and be grateful for something, be grateful for whatever happened, even if it was traumatic, even if it was terrible, even if it was disgusting or repulsive, or I can't believe it ever happened. I never want to revisit that. That's okay to feel that. And how do we transform that into gratitude? How do we appreciate what happened so that we can be free from that and take the silver lining and and find that find that like gift within the chaos within the destruction that is left after the storm has passed well the key is to forgive yourself and know that if you did the best you could under each so i've made mistakes plenty of them i there are things i would have done differently but if you don't learn from the mistake shame on you Mm. life is a series of a journey that a series of decisions we make. And if you make a decision that's not changeable, when I was younger, I worked at a travel agency and one of the girls that I worked with would say to me, how is it you can always make a decision the way you do? And I said, well, I think to myself, will I die from it? If you, if you don't die from it, you can always make another decision and go a different direction. Yeah. 
there are some things that are very serious and you have to take those very seriously. You know, when you decide to become a parent, if that's what you're going to do, you better take it seriously. That's a big job. But if you say, when I moved to Vegas, you know, 28 years ago, I was moving to a place that I didn't know anybody. My brother lived here, but I thought to myself, so I move. It's going to cost some money to get out there. If I don't like it, there's a million other places I can move to and try somewhere else. You keep trying to build the life you want. Yep. People are so afraid of change and I don't understand it. It can be so exciting. It's an opportunity to start fresh every day. Every day that I wake up is another chance. Mm. So good. Paula, we are, we are bringing the heat here. And uh, as we begin to wrap up, I want to I just drive home some final takeaways, final words of wisdom you want to give to our audience. Anything we haven't covered yet or if we've already covered it and just want to drive it home, let's do it. Let's rock it. Um, one of my favorite taglines is be kind and be happy. Because the kinder you are to people around you, the happier you'll be. It's a boomerang effect. When you reach out in kindness to other people, you feel you get something out of it because you've helped somebody, you've made the, the world a better place. If we all did just a little bit, our little corner of the world, you might not make a big, huge difference. But if you if you change just a few things every day, you smile at somebody. You never know if that person just needed that one thing that day. And little things can really add up to be big things. Mm. That would be my message. Mm. Just kind and helpful. Live in community. Understand that there's more than one right way. Your way is just your way. Everybody's got their way. Let's respect each other and be kind. Mm. Amen. Paula, this has been amazing. I want to tell our audience how they can stay connected with you. What are the next steps that they can take? They can visit my website, newlifenowlv.com, and sign up for my newsletter. They can get their free um, Guide to Happiness document as a download. Mm -hmm. And when they sign up for that, they'll be on my email list. Mm. Mm -mm 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 -mm. Completely free. Paula, you are, you're just a brilliant light. Thank you so much for being here, for everything that you've overcome, that you've healed through, that you've stood as a victor over the past, like whatever has happened to you, anything that's come your way. And thank you for being a great mother. Thank you for being a stand for happiness and for people to really create their life, to choose that happiness, to choose their greatest possible self. I see you, I see you standing for that. So thank you for, for who you are and what you stand for. Thanks for inviting me on the program. From the bottom of my heart, thank you for tuning in. Right now, we've reached the end of this episode, but this is the start of a whole new beginning. Each and every moment, you have an opportunity to rewrite your story. Right here, right now, decide and commit who you are going to be. Think about how you will use these ideas wisdom, and inspiration to make the difference in your life. What actions will you take today and every day to step into your greatest possible self? Again, a big shout out to our sponsor, EmployeeEscapePlan.com. If you're committed to learning how to truly harness your abilities and passions to serve the people who are hungry 
and desperate for what you have to offer, make a great income off of your genius, or if you're ready to get more clients to pay you more money, head over to www.employeeescapeplan.com and let Joe know you were sent by Chris. Did you enjoy this episode? Let your friends know about it. Share the website, beyourgps.com, and send me some love on social media. If you want to clarify your vision, uncover blind spots, get more energy, tap into your flow, and take massive action, head over to beyourgps.com forward slash coaching to schedule some time into my calendar. Now, master yourself, create your reality, and make every day your best day ever.